This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this is Mike at I am Mike White on Twitter. And this is the Obsessive Wait. <laughs> really? I know. So now he's going to mess it up three times. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, All right. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Right off the bat, and I need to put a sensor mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you a question, but I can't remember. Uh, oh, first of all, welcome to the podcast, everyone. Uh, first and foremost, I want to tell you guys that we, if you're listening this week in, or before October 17th, and you're in the Indianapolis area or feel like taking a long drive, uh, on October 17th at 6 p.m. in Irvington, we're going to be hosting uh, Shocktober in Irvington. It's an event uh, benefiting the Irvington community. If you're not familiar with it, it's a, a little suburb of Indianapolis. Uh-huh. Um, it's a really great community. And every year they do Halloween festivals and, and a bunch of Halloween events throughout the throughout the month of October. And we've reserved the Irving Theater Um to host a, a benefit for the community. And we're going to have costume contests, raffles, live podcasting, uh, short films of, of uh, short horror films, and a screening of Night of the Living Dead. Um, and it's all coming together, and it's really exciting, and we really hope you guys can make it. Um, it's going to be just an absolute blast. So check that out. Links in the show notes. Um, you can go to... Uh, um, com, which just takes you to Obsessive Viewer, but just click the Shocktober and Irvington tab. Um, also, uh, in regards to the Irvington area, check out IndianaGhostTours.org. It's, uh, their 12th year doing it. It's a purely for charity ghost tour, um, of Irvington. Irvington is one of the most haunted areas in, in the state. Um, and this guy, Al Hunter. Supposedly takes- haunted. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the stories, dude. <laughs> yeah, the stories um, are amazing. Yeah, but the he takes he takes guided tours every Friday and Saturday night throughout October, um, all around Irvington, telling all these stories that are just they're they're ghost stories steeped in history, and it's more like a history lesson wrapped around a uh, or with a with a ghost story wrapped around it. It's really incredible, and uh, it's it's really something that you need to experience um if you're in the area again that's indianaghosttours.org um and it's definitely awesome plus you get a book uh a copy of his book this year's book is bumps in the night um and you get a free copy with your ticket so check that out <sighs> so how's it going guys pretty good, good. Nice. colts won big today whoa oh you yeah, know what jacksonville yeah oh nice do you know what else and the seahawks beat uh, stopped the payback. <laughs> <Right? laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Matt. Payback. Yeah. Go lay down. Sit quietly, the, Matt. The Mel Gibson movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. And the Bears play tomorrow, so they I'm do. still waiting to find out. At 8:30. At 7:30 Central. Yep. Nice. Oh, nice. that's nice for you. Yeah, um, it is. That's another one of those benefits because again. <laughs> 
say the standard time for waking up as a teacher is 5 30 mm-hmm. you have to wake up at 5 30 central or eastern time but if you're on central time the games come on an hour early exactly Sweet. i'd say until awesome. midnight last week on monday Ugh. night when the colts played Ugh. Ugh. don't i know it after sunday night football i was up till midnight just giddy about the win over the Niners. So, yeah. but this is not the obsessive football podcast. Right, yet. right, right. Not that's, yet. Not yet. That's coming soon. Yeah. So it's weird because it's, it's like you guys are kind of every season, or at least in the second season now, and you guys are just kind of slowly trying to do that. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just a couple strange. minutes. It's, yeah, it's a couple minutes. But it's anyway, on television. Yeah, it's on television. <laughs> oh, I'm not, right. I'm it not just the most that watched all. television show in the country. Yes. Sunday Night Football. Clearly, every you week. haven't seen America's Got Talent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't say it was the best. <laughs> I'm saying it is the most watched show. Right, right. Um, I did. I did catch like I had such a just a hole response. Just complete, um, complete. What's the word I'm looking for? Like just automatic response. Um, when I just happened to skim past uh, America's Got Talent on on TV, and I saw that Nick Cannon is the host Mm -hmm. and i was like what's nick cannon doing hosting a hosting a talent show (laughs) (laughs) i was like that's so mean i don't know where that came from apparently he's good at it he kind of hosts a lot of things yeah you know and the funny thing is he seems like a perfectly good host yeah sure um but yeah he's kind of ryan seacresty sure sure yeah no no Um, idea but you guys talked about your footballings something big happened today also that oh, yeah. rivals all football. Oh yeah. Uh, today was Stephen King's sixty seventh birthday. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So he gets you know. He's it getting... rivals football today. Uh-huh. But tomorrow is Monday Night Football. Oh, that's so. true. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, you know he's getting older and I'm getting farther from meeting him. <laughs> and it's like my dream is to meet Stephen King in person. I want to see that because you're gonna just be so awkward. Oh, oh my! Uh, no, I'd cry. You I would have. cry. <laughs> I'm gonna cry twice. Twice in my life, I will cry. The day I meet Stephen King and the day Stephen King dies. I'm gonna cry both of those days. <laughs> those are the only two times you've cried. Is that what you're trying to tell us? No, those are the two time, two known times I'm gonna cry in my life. Those are the two guarantees. The, the two guarantees. Two guarantees. Two guarantees. Yeah. Gotcha. But I won't say why. In, in the perfect Stephen King twist is I'm gonna be the one that has to kill him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Anyway, right. so today... <laughs> so moving on. We've, um, we've got important things to talk about. This yeah, is an really awesome do. episode. I, I don't know about you guys, but I've been looking forward to this for a while. I look forward to this every year. Mm-hmm. I've been looking forward to this for 11 months. Yep. Yeah. Um, Why is that? What are we talking about? Today is our annual kickoff to our annual Shocktober series of episodes on the podcast. Um, if you've been a longtime listener, you'll know that last year uh, for the month of October, we ha- tailored the podcast toward the horror genre, um, and we called it Shocktober, uh, which is just something me and me and Mike have, have done since pretty much since we met. We, we met in freshman year of college, and we basically bonded over a shared interest of horror movies, and eventually that grew into like every October we would refer to it as shocktober and and try to see as many horror movies as we can and mm-hmm. um compare notes and all that stuff so the story it, the story goes uh it was like a year once removed from us living together right and i said hey we should make a list of all the movies we watch in october and then kind of compare them 
so let's start writing down all the movies we watch. And you're like, uh, I actually do that. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, I've been doing that for a year, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, um, but we did, and we, we kept track, and I, I don't even think it's a competition. We, we definitely no. cheer each other on and oh, yeah. kind of for discussion and, and, uh, and uh, exploration more than anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's just, and I think. Because Matt is anal. I'm very anal retentive. Um, <laughs> but I love it. It's not, I don't, I don't have any interest. I have very, excuse me, little interest in Christmas movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, so in terms of this show, this podcast that we do and talking about movies, this is, this is bread and butter for me. Oh, yeah. Cool. And I have, and I have a vested interest in holiday movies and tiny. I know that you're into like Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. So it's fun because this is like my little holiday season. I get to talk about horror movies with Mike and then Christmas movies with tiny. Yeah, that's, that's nice. That's also literally you know what I was, the I was thinking season. about the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, the the time people spend looking forward to October or looking forward to Halloween is is longer than anybody looks forward to any other holiday. If you think about it, it people is. talk yeah. about people talk about how you know they start the Christmas uh, rush so early, but really, if you love. If you love Halloween, there are already internet memes about looking forward to Halloween <laughs> on like September first. Oh yeah, oh yeah, hmm. and that's two whole months. Christmas doesn't get two whole months. Christmas gets like ten months. <laughs> yeah, I guess they start. Yeah. They start crazy. Start putting up decorations in like July, in the stores and stuff. You know to buy. I guess right, right. crazy. Yeah, we should start saying Shocktober instead of just like saying yeah. So we we call it Shocktober. We should be like. Shocktober. <laughs> I'm not sure if the mic picked you up on that. <laughs> well, yeah. in what context are we introducing Shocktober this week? Okay, so this episode goes up as Mike pointed out in the pre in the pre show. Mike and Tiny both pointed out before the actual month of October. But it gives you a full week to prepare. Exactly. Yeah. And it's exactly one week before the beginning of October. And it's just, this is our intro to our Shocktober season. <coughs> yeah. We're Sorry. giving you a week to gather together some of the movies that we're going to talk about today because we're talking about them in the context of what, Matt? Essential Shocktober viewings. Um and and it's just it's just the these are the these are the movies that you if you're if you're new to Sharktober or or you want to get more into the horror genre and figure hey Sharktober is a perfect time to do that these are just essential viewings for you to to dip your feet into the highly highly deep and murky water that is the horror genre. I'll call it a wide river, but it's not very deep. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's it's plentiful. Um, and now some of these picks, plentiful. some of these picks are pretty universal for like just about anybody, right? But some of them are personal as well. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to sure. make, that, make that point. Sure. Oh, yeah. I am to to preface this. We kind of came at it before we talked about the beginning of this episode. We kind of came at it from different perspectives. Matt said that the movies he's going to talk about are ones he's definitely going to watch. Oh, yeah. uh, and I kind of said, well, I definitely won't be able to watch any movies. And I also <laughs> kind of didn't want to list the same old, same old. Um, you'll notice that I don't talk about Halloween, and that for me, uh, in in by Matt's definition of essential, is essential. I right. we have kind of talked about the Halloween. Um, the the box set that's coming out on Tuesday. Oh my god, I and can't wait. Yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. I will surely watch that, but I'm but I, I highly recommend you watch Halloween, but I'm not going to be talking about it today. Right. 
Yeah. So how should we kick this off? Who wants to go first? Should I? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Take it. All right. Well, my first one is um, I haven't had really any time to really research it or anything. Not that I really need to, but it's Scream. Um, we've mentioned this oftentimes throughout the throughout the course Obvious. of this <laughs> <laughs> throughout the course of this podcast. We've referenced this several times. Um, that this is the movie that kind of got me into movies. Um, because it came out when I was in when did we? It was like fourth grade. Fourth grade, yep. Fourth grade. And I remember watching a VHS copy that we got from Blockbuster. Uh, middle of the day with my parents, because um, my parents were really cool about that. <laughs> um, just in the in the living room, in like, the scene where Dewey is talking to the sheriff um, uh, when he's eating ice cream, and they show the, <laughs> the classic uh, <laughs> the classic scream misdirect um, boot. Where where he stops at a cigarette and it shows the boot and then later the killer is wearing the same kind of shoe, um, mm. or I think earlier he was wearing it. But anyway, at that scene, a neighbor knocked on the door and it freaked me out. Um, so I kind of just have fond memories of that. But then after after the initial viewing, I kind of watched it more and more. And then a uh, year uh, year later, they started getting news about Scream Two, and I was just like checking the dimension films website for new press news and everything about casting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. And that was a good movie to, to experience on, on the internet level. Um, because stream two is infamous for having a leaked script come out Hmm. and it was to the, to the extent where the script was leaked and then they had to rewrite the ending because the script was leaked. And I've after watching Scream Two, um, I like I read that script and man, I'm so glad he didn't do. That. They didn't <laughs> go with that. It was so. What was the original ending? I was just gonna ask you if you remember, Mike, or if you knew about it. But it was uh, basically like a massacre, and and at the end, it was like the killer ends up being Cotton, and Sydney agrees to let him go. Or so it was something weird. Or Sydney dies and. It was it was strange, but it was like everyone gets like shot and stabbed and stuff in the end, um, and it's just it was kind of, it was weird. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so the original Scream is great, and the reason that I love it so much is that it was my first experience seeing because I was I was in fourth grade and I wasn't really sure what kind of like I don't know like fourth grade is a strange time for any kid at least for me I was kind of a late bloomer personality wise. <laughs> Like, I didn't have, like, anything that I attached myself to. Like, I used to, that was, like, kind of at the at the end of my, like, Ninja Turtles and, and Power Rangers stuff. Like, I was growing out of those things, and I was kind of looking for new things to attach myself to liking and everything. And then I kind of watched this movie, and I'm like, all these all these characters love movies, and they love talking about movies, and they talk in, they talk they refer to them their lives as movies and and they're very self-referential in terms of um the rules of movies and stuff and it's like I wanted that kind of knowledge <laughs> so that kind of got springboarded me into this um what eventually became obsessive viewing um stuff so hmm. so that's my pick I I love it it's it's not scary to me I'm not scared by um by uh, slasher movies although this But do you think a newbie would be afraid of it. If you were, uh, let's say, 
I don't know. What's a good age to start Shocktober? Let's say you were 12. 12 Fourth is grade. like when you were like <laughs> spending the night at your friend's house watching movies your parents oh, don't yeah. want you to watch, right? Mm-hmm. Let's oh, say yeah. 12. Would a 12-year-old find Scream scary? You know, horror is just so subjective. It is. Even when I was 12 and I saw Slasher stuff, it didn't scare me, and it still doesn't. So I don't know. Maybe it's just... But when I saw Alien stuff, it scared the crap out of me as a kid. So I don't know. It's just too subjective. I don't know if you can really make that distinction. It's a very good question. And you know, 12-year-olds these days, uh, they're so desensitized, (laughs) I imagine, that, I mean, Scream... that's true. I mean, relative to movies these that like horror movies these days i mean like you know the saw franchise was huge um and all like all that torture porn and all that stuff by 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 a comparison scream is fairly tame it is um I mean, so you, I don't you know. can go on youtube and watch the dude from isis cut that guy's head off that's true so i mean there's there's that <laughs> you know right it's a comment on the desensitization of it yeah so so yeah um but it, I think that it's worth seeing, definitely, as a, as a uh, piece of horror history. Oh, yeah. So you probably wouldn't be here without Scream. I mean, I'd still be alive. Well, th- you know what I mean. Um, In this I location right now. his life. I did. It did. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Um, You know, it's, you know, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but the... I was and, just gonna say I'll go okay. if you want. Okay, yeah. Uh, I thought I was gonna say something, but I forgot. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's Scream. And Mike, if you want to go next, yeah. Yes. Uh, so <clears throat> I guess this is kind of to give an answer to that cliffhanger I left in the last episode. Yes. If you listen, do you guys remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I talked about how my brother was wondering what some movies are. Uh, that he should watch for Shocktober. I guess he was asking me, what are my essential Shocktober movies? And I kind of thought a lot about that question. And I thought, if I were to give someone a peek into my brain during Shocktober, what one movie would I say is best representative of my tastes and which would give them the most entertainment value if they were a newbie to Shocktober? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. So the movie I decided to pick, uh, and you can insert a drum roll here if you want, and then like a slide whistle at the end. Too much work. (laughs) It's Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Nice. I think it is the, I think it is an an ultimate Shocktober essential, if you were to ask me. Um, And I think there's a number of reasons why. Uh, It came out in 1984, which was kind of the height of Slasher. Um, it of course got horrible ratings as did all the <laughs> other ones. It was a marked improvement over the first three Friday the 13th movies. Um, and it has, you know, it has Crispin Glover in it, which is hilarious. Um, and it also has, uh, a young Corey Feldman, uh, wow. right before Goonies came out. And so he, it that was kind of his start, but all that stuff aside, what it, what it represents to me is that slasher sensibility that I talked about a year ago. The things that scare me in movies are slashers. The things that interest me are people putting on masks and killing people. And I think um, all of the slashers today can kind of go back to, say, Halloween, which I promised I wouldn't talk about. But <laughs> Friday the 13th is a clear ripoff of Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. So you can only expect that 
you know, we all want our children to be better than we were. I think Friday the 13th part four, actually it's not called part four. It's just called the final chapter, but the fourth installment is does the best job of, um, living up to what Halloween promised us for slasher movies. Wow. It's yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, it's campy. It, it, it has all the rules you would expect if, you know, if you get naked, you die. If you have sex, you die. If you do drugs, you die. It, it follows those rules. Those rules that Scream talks about, uh, despite the constant references to Halloween, really weren't set until the Friday the 13th movies came out. John Carpenter never intended for those types of rules to be the case. They, they were just kind of happened to be the case due to budget or directorial decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't until Friday the 13th that those kinds of things were set in stone. And Friday the 13th, the final chapter, is the best installment of the entire franchise, uh, I guess not including Freddy versus Jason. So um, as far as essentials, if I could watch it every year, I would. Um, we did a, a horror movie marathon two years ago at our house, and it was a movie we showed first. Uh, mm. And it got the best reaction out nice. of both days. Like it's the kind of movie you want to watch in a crowd where you yeah. can kind of laugh at the stupid things and and jump. The girls jump at the things they're supposed to jump at. Mm. It's um, it's pretty perfect. Nice. That's awesome. Um, I haven't seen that yet, and it's funny because I think I think we're gonna. Are we still gonna end this episode with a list of our expectations or or stuff where you our goals for the season? Absolutely. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll save that for later then. But that's a good pick. I, I haven't seen it yet, but um, I intend to see it at some point. Same here. But the thing with, with Friday the 13th, though, is I've seen the original maybe twice, and I'm I'm just I'm not a big fan of it. Um, well, that's because you, all you've seen is the original movie. Exactly. I've, I've seen the original, and I remember in, like, sixth, sixth grade, going back to what you were talking about, um, like as a twelve-year-old seeing seeing uh, seeing scary movies at your friend's house on sleepovers, I remember one sleepover with uh, my friend Stephen. Um, he like we watched uh, um, one of the child's play movies, the one with uh, military school. Oh yeah, and um, and we watched Jason Goes to Hell. Um, and then that's the, those are the only Jason movies I've seen is the first one, Jason goes to hell. And then Jason X, which is just, Oh, what a horrible movie. (laughs) Yeah. See, you're getting the, you're getting the truly bad ones. You know, people talk about the franchises just being awful and really for the most part it is, but, Mm -hmm. um, there is a reason they lasted for 10, 11, 12 movies Mm -hmm. is because four is really good. Six is pretty darn good three is passable um they were popular for a reason nice yeah yeah hmm. maybe I'll, I'll i'll check it out definitely tiny have you seen the final chapter no never seen it hmm. have you seen any of the friday the 13th you saw the remake didn't you no no did i Friday? no no huh. no uh, i've only seen wow. the first the original that's the only one i've ever seen and i hate it <laughs> yeah well i did too yeah it's in fact uh I saw it for the first time only a couple of years ago, maybe six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it since. Yeah. Wow. It's one of my sorry to jump the gun, but it's one of my goals to watch that franchise this year. Yeah. Because right, I, nice. I watched all of Halloween last year. I'd like to watch it. Uh, wasn't year. that your goal, Matt, last year? Uh last year I wanted to do it and then I was like, Oh, that's like twelve movies. <laughs> um Yeah. But Tiny, 
you um what's first on your list first on my list is a movie from the 80s as well 1982's poltergeist which nice. was uh directed by toby hooper mm-hmm. who's been scaring the shit out of people since 1974 yeah. <laughs> i've never heard of him <laughs> yeah um i love this movie it's such it has such a great um steven spielberg feel to it but he didn't direct it it's kind of right. funny um wasn't he a producer on it? He was a producer, yeah. And I think this was towards the beginning of his his um, his huge producing career, essentially. Because, mm. you know, that's kind of what he does more than anything now is just produce stuff. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but this movie is just so... Uh, it's just a classic. It's It became an instant classic with the, the classic there, here line. I mean, <laughs> it's... That's it fits into so many perfect situations when you can just pull that out, um, and the the kind of creepy little girl saying it. Um, I just, really want to teach my nephews to do that. Do it. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> um, of course, there's all kinds of um, sort of mystery and like, well, I don't know about mystery, but like right. like kind of a curse sort of surrounding the movie because um, the younger girl um heather o'rourke who played the the little girl who says the line and gets gets kidnapped into the other dimension um she died very soon soon after the movie came out um and then a few years later i believe the girl who played her older sister uh i think she's dominique dunn i believe that's her name um, yeah she was she was murdered uh by her i think by her boyfriend um so it's kind of a sort of has this unfortunate shroud over the film um despite the fact that it's incredibly good. Um, and Craig T. Nelson's career wasn't great throughout the rest of the 80s until he got coach, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, man, this is just an awesome movie about, you know, you have so many movies about the paranormal and, and, and you know, just kind of a, a typical, like, oh, my house is haunted kind of thing. Um, that's such a staple of, of haunting movies. But this one kind of is different because it's, it takes it the, the 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 spirit that plagues this house kind of takes this child and it takes it into another dimension and this child is gone for a majority of the movie um and it's it, it's really nerve-wracking and like i'm not even a parent or anything mm-hmm. but just uh when when the the paranormal investigative team comes to the house for the first time and you see the toll that it's taken on the family um Craig T Nelson and his wife and the other kids they just have these huge bags under their eyes and they look like zombies because they're being terrorized in their own home it's uh it's just such an effective movie on that standpoint and amazingly this movie works in some such effective humor it's it's so funny um just the casting of Zelda Rubinstein who plays the tiny little Tangina lady, um, who's the, uh, I don't know what you would call her, a psychic of some kind. Um, just, she just has, just, I don't know, she just has one of those personalities, just her, her physical appearance. It's just, you can't take her eyes off her. She's awesome. Um, the movie just hits so many marks. It's perfect for, for this. I I think it's a good warm up to Shocktober because there are some scary things, very scary things about it, but then there's just, perfect comedy riddled throughout it it's uh i think it's a good warm-up for for the season nice i well, I'm, uh, I'm gonna jump the gun too and say that i haven't seen it and it is on my list for this year oh, nice. i actually really? own it on dvd now wow awesome the oh, man the iconic chair scene yeah incredible piece of filmmaking for so much yeah um but yeah I'll, I'll you know um leave it there 
Yeah. Um, I didn't know you hadn't seen it, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. I, I mean, yeah. you didn't say anything I didn't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> it um, is fantastic. I'd be shocked if you didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. I remember seeing... I've seen it maybe once, and I think it was with you, Tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was okay. A little... It was a little... It wasn't quite what I was expecting, but mm-hmm. I need to revisit it. Yeah. Um, I have it on DVD, and I watch it almost every Shocktober. Nice. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just to say, I, I don't get into Shocktober as much as you guys, mm-hmm. um, but I I love everyone's enthusiasm for it. Yeah. I, I like I like it. I, I love it by proxy, sort of. I, I love I love seeing how, how into it everybody gets, and I totally get it, like, right. why people are so into it. So, yeah. um, cool. so I'm not quite as enthusiastic, but... I, I like to listen to what you guys say. So, all right. Yeah. That is my first Thanks. pick. Thanks. Yeah. Sweet. Um, all right. So next up is me. Um, I'm going to bring up a movie that, I, you know, surprisingly, it's it's been like, what, uh, like five years since I actually first saw it for the first time. Shamefully so, because it is an icon. But uh, 1978's Dawn of the Dead. Mm. Nice. <laughs> Okay. Um, I love zombies. We did a whole episode about zombies, um, and I and I think the best part about my first viewing of Dawn of the Dead, before I get into actually talking about the movie, is that I watched it on the night that The Walking Dead premiered, um, which was Halloween night of two thousand ten. Ten sounds right. Um. Yeah. Oh man, I remember that. You did a full Oh yeah. You did a zombie day. Full day. Oh yeah, zombie yep. day. It yeah. was um it was I basically uh, <laughs> I took the night off from work. <laughs> so like I went and I got um I got like a pizza from Little Caesars and I just sat down and ate some pizza and like I I had it planned out. I watched uh this movie Carriers. I I mean, it's not really a zombie movie, it's a post-apocalyptic movie, but you know, 2010, Matt, was a very simpler... It was a simpler time. Um, <laughs> then I watched Dead Snow, and Night of the Living Dead, and then Dawn of the Dead, and then Day of the Dead, and then the premiere of Walking Dead. <laughs> um, I feel like I would be a zombie after all of that. Oh, it was such a weird experience for me. Um, I mean, it was it drained me, and it was just so... It's so... Because I love the zombie genre, and a lot of it is social commentary about, you know, like Dawn of the Dead is about consumerism and and stuff like that, and and Day of the Dead is kind of like about authority and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Night of the Dead has this whole um, kind of racial social context to it. So like going through all of that, I was just kind of like just I had a lot to think about, <laughs> <laughs> but. It was, I mean, it was amazing. And I think the next year I did something similar. I think I stretched it out to like a week, but it wasn't as special as this, as this time was. And Dawn of the Dead, it was, it was one of the, it was the first time I'd ever seen that movie. And it was, man, it did not disappoint. It's still to this day, probably my favorite zombie movie ever. Same. I think it's the quintessential zombie movie. Absolutely. For me anyway. What's that? Dawn of the Dead? The original Dawn. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It's uh I it's mean the one it's, in the mall, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um and I need to make sure I, oh, I'll talk about that at the end of the episode. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just I don't know what else to really say about it. It's it's even some of the things like like the effects of the blood, it doesn't look like blood at all. It looks like paint, but it's still 
it still gets under your skin and mm-hmm. it's it's amazing to just see these people in this survival situation problem solving and then doing the wrong thing and <laughs> all that uh, it's it's just really cool and I love it I can't wait to watch it again it feels like um the movie didn't they didn't try to cut any corners it, it felt like they they were like you know what this needs to be as best as we can possibly make it right and so they just went I mean yeah the, the blood looked bad sort of but yeah. that was one of the few exceptions I think right good movie yeah um so yeah so that's my pick any, any anything else about it how do you feel about um Zack Snyder's remake I love it yeah I like it too <laughs> Ty Burrell is fantastic in it yeah um that's about the only Zack Snyder movie I can appreciate. That's right, it is Snyder, yeah. 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 He didn't, but didn't James Gunn write it? He wrote it, yeah. But did Zack Snyder directed it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. It's it's really good. It has some, uh, I think J- James Gunn has, you can officially say with Guardians, he has like a signature comedy style. Oh, yeah. You can really pick yeah. it out now. Oh, yeah. And I hope that... In small tangent, but I hope that Guardians makes people seek out Super, because that movie's mm. so it's really super. Oh, I hated it. I thought it was really. Just, we I talked about it, didn't we? Yeah, I, I hated it. Did we? Huh. I think in passing we brought it up at one point. Yeah, really. Yeah. Interesting. I it was okay. I, I wasn't crazy about. It. Yeah, I like the humor in it, and I liked Ellen Page's arc. Yeah, she was um, good. Yeah. I'll see it again, but it's good. I like it. I recommend it. Mm-hmm. No, no, these are what are thinking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Good. Mike, what's next on your list, buddy? Uh, the next on my list is uh, probably an obvious one. I think we've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I can't go without mentioning Trick or Treat. Oh uh, yeah, it's such a great movie. It it's barely scary at all, uh, and I think I would even take a step back if I were to say, you know, to introduce to a noob. Um, if it's someone looking for a movie that will get them in a Halloween or Shocktober mood, Trick or Treat is the best one. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the taglines, one of the blurbs on the box says, the best, what does it say, the best Halloween movie in 30 years. Yeah. Of course, referencing the movie that came out 30 years before it, the original Halloween. <laughs> There's three Halloween references, if you've been keeping score. <laughs> um <laughs> And Trick or Treat is just awesome. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say that we haven't said on the podcast. It's it's four interwoven stories um, that really are sim- similar to like The Shining in that they're all about tone. I mean, they are plot driven, um, which The Shining is not. But um, Trick or Treat is is just awesome, quintessential. Yeah. Um, I would say off the top of my head, if I were to give someone. Three movies, not necessarily not necessarily to scare them, but if someone was like, I want to get in the Halloween spirit, I would yeah. give them three movies, and it would be Trick or Treat, um, Halloween, and uh, actually The Exorcist. Hocus Pocus. Um, Hocus, Hocus Pocus, Pocus. Yeah. I, I have a friend who Hocus Pocus is the one. Oh, wow. It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. Trick or treat. I would almost say it's good for I think it'd be perfect for like the scenario that you described, Mike, where you're 12 years old, you're staying over at your friend's house for the first time because it's not ridiculously gory and sexualized. I mean, there's a lot of blood. There's some fair deal of blood in it and stuff. But like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it would be 
you know, scar a 12 year old kid, <laughs> you know, that's, I don't know. And plus, there is, however, I, I agree with you. There is, however, with this movie, a specific, uh, few years where I can see, I can see someone from the ages of like 14 to 19, maybe 13 to 19 hating this movie really? and just being too cool for this movie. Uh, I can kind of see not that. A, not old enough to appreciate it and not young enough to be scared or impressed by it. Yeah. That's I wonder interesting what were you going to say? I wonder if it's like um if it's just a part of like and maybe this is what you're what you're getting at Mike. It's just we're so we're in our 20s, late 20s. Even, oh my god, we're in our late 20s. Yeah, we're on the wrong um, side of 25. Yeah. <laughs> so and we're so far removed from our to- our childhood spent in the Halloween like holiday like like doing the fun kid stuff that when a movie like trick or treat comes out it makes us reconnect with our nostalgic view of halloween as opposed to oh i love these horror movies or it's it's about the holiday and the spirit of the of the holiday and sure. that's something yeah. that I, that's it's not an I, exceptional horror movie right yeah um better than jason x um, <laughs> damned if it doesn't put you in the mood oh absolutely yeah, it's all oh, about yeah. the spirit Oh yeah, I might yeah. kick off Shocktober with. I actually know because I'm watching Nightmare Before Nightmare on Elm Nightmare on Elm Street. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, Trick or Treat. I love it. Cool. Great did movie. you at Horror Hound, Mike? Did you get Quinn Lord's autograph? I didn't get his autograph. I didn't think so. Uh, I felt a little weird about it. He was there, but he was really, really young. I think the kid's like 15 years old. Yeah. And it just. Uh, maybe I should have talked to him. Maybe I should have said, "Hey," but I just felt a little, little weird being right. a fanboy for a fifteen-year-old kid. <laughs> that makes sense. And plus, I thought, it, yeah, well, you don't really—he's not, you know, someone you really see or anything. It's—it's it's more. Yeah, I'm a fan of Sam. Sam, right? That's the name, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Tiny, that brings us to you. Yes. Uh, second on my list is a film I've mentioned several times as one of my favorite films that fits into this category. Uh, it is the movie Saw. And I remember seeing this is one of the, man, of the movies I'm going to mention, this is the only one I've seen in the theater. Wow. Um, wow. Okay. I, I haven't seen a lot of horror movies in the theater, uh, but this is one of them. And I remember dragging my girlfriend at the time to see it, and uh, she hated horror movies, and she was just like... <laughs> covering her eyes and just cowering away for a majority of the movie. And I just had no idea because I was just so enthralled by the movie. I just didn't care what she was doing. (laughs) Um, um, And so I just, I know this may not be a popular selection. Um, What I appreciate. Oh, I don't know. Oh, really? I'm, yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it's perfect. Really? Okay. And I'll, and I'll let you finish, but I've got a lot to say about this movie too, for sure. (laughs) I'm going to let you finish. (laughs) What I love about the movie isn't necessarily it's, it's inherent horror or terrorness. Um, I, I just love it as a filmmaking fan. I think it's such a cool, such a well-made movie but it's not necessarily like, oh, it should have gotten nominated for Oscars because it's made so well. It's more like it's just cool the way he made it and the way he captured the tone, the terror, and just I, the, the opening part where you know uh, Lee Wannell wakes up in the bathtub and from there you're just in this enclosed space for like 10 or 15 minutes 
And it's just, it's so, it's such a confining feel to that part of the movie. I was like, I just, I have no idea how they captured that. And it was just so effective for me. Um, that, that, I don't know, maybe it's part of my minor claustrophobia that I have. Um, but that was just, it was just so effective for me. I was like, all right, I am hooked on this movie. I can't wait to see what happens. And then I think what's even better about it is, uh, if you haven't seen it, this is a spoiler, but just the surprise ending at the mm-hmm. end where there's a corpse laying in the middle of this room for the entire film. And at the <laughs> end, <laughs> at the end which i think is i think is the music to live and let die it has very similar with a listen couple, to the huh. saw theme and then live and let die from wings i i think whoa with a couple notes taken out melody huh dang i never made that connection you may just ruin it for me <laughs> Living Let Die is awesome, though. Oh, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But anyways, the, when the corpse stands up and you know he slams the door and says "game over," and uh-huh. Lee Wannell's scream just echoes into the credits. Uh, that I had goosebumps in the theater, yeah. and I was like, "This is my horror movie right here." Um, <laughs> so that's yeah, that's that's why it's a very personal pick for me because typically I'm not a big fan of slashers and mm-hmm. ultra gory stuff, but this one just hit the right marks for me nice mike do you um, mind if i go first real quick because i have very sure, brief stuff ahead. to say sorry that's okay uh, no but um i i love that i love this movie as a just piece of storytelling the way that everything's woven together at the end and everything um and i, I love that and i love the music that mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to re-listen to now uh in in with with live and let die and then sure. but the one thing that kind of bugs me about it whenever i see it again is lee one l uh it his what his acting is so awesome I, no the reverse now you can say that while he's standing next to carrie elways who is trying his darndest to act Car- yeah. carrie elways adam is, is my favorite right. part of the movie really well one of them he's just some of the lines that he like the way that he it's weird it's like when he I don't know how to vocalize it. Like, um, this is the most fun I've ever had without lubricant. When he, <laughs> th- those little quips and stuff, those are fine. But like when he's yelling, it's like he's like, "Oh, this is how I'm supposed to yell in this scene." It's weird, and I don't know. It bothered me a lot, Mike. Downer, Matt. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Saw is a perfect pick, Tiny. I th- I think it's very essential. Great. Um, I consider myself a student of horror, and it. <laughs> If I could major in it, I would, but I don't know that there's such a thing offered anywhere close. <laughs> um, and so one of the main theses that I've kind of been studying lately is how the horror genre always is really a series of reactions, mm-hmm. right? Um, everything is a react. Everything horror at least for the last 30 to 40 years is a reaction to what came before it. And I think you can go even further back than than that um what's so awesome about saw is saw was of course the start of the torture porn genre Mm -hmm. and everybody says and i know and i agree that it's not even that really torturous or that porny um (laughs) but it, it kicked off a load of sequels that were there's no doubt about that and so movies today like insidious insidious 2 the conjuring is is like that harken back to um kind of the way it was before subtlety and tone and those kinds of things i think are a very stark um contrast to and reaction to 
the the torture porn genre of the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you want to get into Shocktober, if you want to start somewhere, and if you're going to end with movies today, um, you know, the uh, Annabelle's coming out, The Conjuring 2 is down the pipeline. If you want to end there, you you could start with Saul. Hmm. Lee Wanell, of course, is directing the third one. Yeah. <laughs> or the, uh, the third Insidious, right. right? Yeah. Good analysis, yeah. 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 yeah, totally. I think maybe part of the reason why I thought it was, my, initially I said it was kind of stigmatized and maybe not might not be a popular uh, choice is because it did launch the the torture porn right. fad, yeah, yeah. and which I don't like at all. Uh, I think the sequels yeah. were far more gory and torture porny than than the first one was, and oh, I yes. I just don't care for them. So uh, maybe that's why I was made that statement. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good pick. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what do you? Got? Is it your turn or mine? Oh, it's my turn. Oh, wow. Yeah, Maddie. Um, You know, Tiny mentioned that he's only seen, of his list, he's only seen Saw in the theater. Correct. And it's funny because I've seen, out of my list of five five plus a TV show, um, I've only seen two in the theater, and this is one of them. Although I should say that uh, there's a third one that I'm I'm going to see in the theater this uh, Shocktober, which I'm really excited about. But anyway... This one is 28 Days Later. Nice. Um, I've I've said this many, many, many times before that I am just a huge um, Danny Boyle fanboy, a fanboyle, if you will. <laughs> and this movie is just so great. Um, I, I love it. I love it whenever he, whenever Boyle collaborates with. Um, Gosh, I can't think it was Alexander. Alexander. Hamilton? No. Um, <laughs> oh man, well, what is his name? I can't think of. It. Oh, Alex Garland. That's Alex his name. Garland. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, anytime he he teams up with Alex Garland, it's always really good. He did. They did Sunshine together, which is one of my favorite movies. But Twenty Days Later is just really. I love the style of it. It's it's like handheld, like very dirty filmmaking. Um, and it's and it's very low budget, and that's something I can appreciate, especially in the horror genres. Low budget filmmaking that's that's clearly a passion project. Even um, like they, there's there's stories about how to get the shots of London deserted. Um, they would film like for a very short amount of times every morning, and they would hold off like traffic and stuff by having topless girls. Uh, or, uh, standing at the edge of, at the edge of the frame. Um, and it's, it's stuff like that's just so cool. Cause I love hearing stories about that on the other side of the filmmaking process. Um, and the story's really good. It's, it's a reinvention of sorts of the zombie, um, um, subgenre. And it works. It, it plays on all the tropes. It has, um, a, a bit of a, um, the third act is, is, is a little, wow, what's the word I'm looking for? Wow. A, a bit of a polarizing third act. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love it. I, I think it's, it's really great as a, as a, as a social commentary on, on what would happen to, to, um, people in society when there is no society, stuff like the common, um, common tropes of the, of the genre itself. And it's just it's just a damn good movie, and also the score is just out of this world amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
John Murphy did the did the music for it, and I mean it's just it's it's incredible. Like the the climax of the movie where um, Jim, played by Killian Murphy, is is saving the girls in the house. Um, there is a track that is featured in that in that um, scene called "In the House." Uh, or it might be called a heartbeat in a in the house, but it's it's so great. Just the way I love listening to it, and it's it really complements the action on screen really well. And I don't really get that a lot in in movies. So yeah, I love it. It's a fantastic I, movie. I quickly <laughs> fell in love and quickly out of love with that movie. <laughs> yeah. And I think I've said this before, but I could go into more detail if you want. I've seen it maybe four times. The first time I saw it, I think, was 2008. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was awesome. I thought it was as awesome as you said it was. Right. Uh, and then I watched it again. And I was like, wait a second. I thought I loved this movie. And the third time I watched it, I was like, yeah, I definitely don't love this movie. Hmm. Um, and there's something about it that just doesn't work. For me, I, I wish I could give you more details um, about what about why they don't work. But a lot of it, I think, is um, I I have trouble getting past the independentness of it. You know, it's very Fair gritty. Enough. It's very um, I don't know. I just don't like it. Hmm. <laughs> interesting. Please throw. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I had an interesting experience with the movie as well because. Um, in, in classic Matt fashion, he built it up a ton yes. for me. I had never seen it. Well, imagine that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the best movie you'll ever see in your entire life. Yep. Geely. <laughs> um. <laughs> so he built it up so much for me, and I really wasn't expecting a whole lot. Not a big horror fan and stuff like that. And the first time I watched it, I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, didn't really think much of it. Then like a year later, I watched it again, and I was like, what was I thinking? Because right? it really blew me away. Um I don't think anybody loves the movie as much as Matt does. Right. But no. I'm pretty I'm pretty He is I'm he is close. the biggest fan for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty close though cuz I I love it. I think I've probably seen it about probably 8 or 10 times. Um yeah, and I think you both mentioned the grittiness of it and the independentness of it. I think it, that is absolutely present and it takes it it takes a majority of of the the palette of the film, mm-hmm. but I think it has a certain sheen to it. Like a, mm-hmm. like almost like a like a like a little little layer of gloss on it, you know what I mean? Yeah. After you put on twenty quotes coats of grit, you know, you got a little gloss over it or something like that, and it really makes it cinematic. Yeah, it, it makes it a movie, um, as opposed to looking like people just showed up with the camera. Not that I have any issue with that. It's just it's just the the aesthetic they were going for is pretty unique in my opinion. Um, yeah. and I, I love I love the story too. The the polarizing third act, like Matt mentioned, I think a different third act would have made it. Totally, such a different movie because I just love the yeah the commentary, the social commentary. It's really yeah. it's just cool. Yeah, the um couple things. One is yeah the the atmosphere and the aesthetic of the of the independentness of it, the the shaky cam or the handheld camera, digital camera thing. I'm, I don't know if I want to say this because I'm not sure how accurate it is, but it might be one of the first movies that did like use a specific digital camera recording really as opposed to film danny boyle is real big on technology oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah and it, it, what's neat about it is that he and, it, and it's purely for the atmosphere and budget reasons most likely but there's a switch in the movie at the end for the last sequence um 
the the last scene of the movie is where it switches to 35 millimeter. Um, oh, yeah. You can tell there's a stark difference. So it's, it really helps establish the atmosphere and um, really is a good it's a good utilization of the visual medium that is film. It's those small little details throughout that add up by yeah. the end, and you're like, "Wow, that's yeah." Great. And that's that's kind of a a, a trope, if you will, of mm-hmm. Danny Boyle. I think we saw, I think we saw it again in the. This is a bit of a tangent on Danny Boyle. Um, we saw it again in Slumdog Millionaire because that was similar in that it had a very indie feel to it. Mm-hmm. It was gritty because you're in the slums of uh, what was that? Was that in New Delhi? I forget where they filmed that. I can't remember. Um, you're in slums that are awful, but it has that little gloss to it, and I think it's we get that handheldness of it. It's <clears throat> excuse me, it's a it's an aesthetic that he's he's kind of perfected. You know, I think he shot all or most of that movie on the red camera, which is incredibly mm-hmm. versatile because it's very small, but you can still right. get huge angles with it, um, and you can carry it down these narrow corridors of of these slums. Um, so it, that's that's something that he's kind of perfected, I think, a, yeah. a little niche he's carved out for himself. So. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, you t- we talked about the the polarizing third act. Uh, it's funny, it, much like Scream Two, the third act was there's an alternate third act that um, hmm. it <laughs> it was storyboarded this way, but they didn't obviously they didn't film it. But I, I would have hated the movie if they did, went with it, honestly. Hmm. Um, basically, the end of the movie would would have been instead of finding what they find in the movie um they find a scientist who uh one of them gets Brendan Gleeson's character turns and they knock him out and the scientist basically tells them like oh yeah I can save him but it just need it just requires a complete blood transfusion mm. so they take all of the blood out of Bl- Brendan Gleeson and switch it with all of the blood in Killian Murphy <laughs> in the two switch places and Killian the end of the movie is Killian Murphy becoming being inf- infected and Brendan Gleeson being okay. Wow. Yeah. If the, like it's too too science fictiony for that movie. Ha- yeah. yeah. How that how that reached the point of being storyboarded <laughs> is out of this. I can't oh, understand. Got to got to be studio note. A studio producer thing, probably. Maybe I'll have to research it because I'm not sure. Oh, really? Um, okay. Maybe uh, that's a possibility, but yeah. Anyways, anyway, um, who's next? Mike's up. I believe that's me, Michael. What do you got for us, bud? Um, all horror is derivative, and there are a lot of movies like the Blair Witch Project, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which was incredibly fresh when it first came out. Uh, a thousand years ago. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Doesn't it seem like that? It really does. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I and I actually was not one of the people who one of the millions of people who saw it in 1999. I did not see it until I want to say like three years ago, and it blew me away. Oh wow. Hmm. Yeah, I was I was just thrilled by it. Um, I can see why the found footage genre took off the way it did. Uh, and it's because of this movie and probably because of a movie that Matt is going to talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is the best one. And I, and I would argue Matt that it's better than the one you're going to talk about. Um, it, it plays even more with that, which we can't see. Uh, 
it plays more with that which we can't see than any other found footage I can think of. Uh, it did more with so little than any horror movie at all I can think of in general. Um, and that alone I, I think is pretty awesome. Why is this an essential? Uh, again, because I talk about how horror is so derivative and this is kind of the starting point for so many movies after. There's no gore in this movie, so I think that's a pretty good start. Um it's just definitely a kind of, kind of a chilling type of movie that's not going to make you feel gross watching mm, it. Yeah. Uh, when they find his tongue, that creeped me out a bit. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. But that's the one thing. Um, yeah. Mm. I love um, – I almost said the title of my movie. I love um, Blair Witch Project. Um, uh, it uh, – uh, <laughs> I'm at a loss here. Um, no, uh, I saw this in the theater actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it was. I was so wrapped up in all of the, um, the the marketing of it, which, um, no matter what happens to my feelings about this movie upon reviewing it and reviewing it and reviewing it and reviewing it, there is no mistaking that this movie was a brilliant piece of. Uh, guerrilla filmmaking and marketing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, because this just what they accomplished uh, on on the marketing level is unbelievable. Like you, you and unrepeatable as well. Uh-huh. Um, people were so wrapped up in it. I remember seeing like like a documentary, a little half hour documentary thing on MTV or. Or something about it, and there's. I was like, I was duped. I was like, oh my god, they found these. They found these, these tapes. Oh, oh my god, okay. Um, yeah, Blair Witch did it first, and they could never do that lie again. Exactly. Oh yeah, and it was right at the perfect time where the internet wasn't. I don't wasn't really wasn't huge yet. It wasn't. It wasn't the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a household. There, there was thing. no Reddit. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't in our pockets yet. Right. It, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, and and people just were so wrapped up in it in the in the marketing campaign. Um, the movie itself, I've watched it recently over the over the past couple of years, um, and I I kind of fall a little bit out of love with it every time I see it. Um, I think the characters are really annoying. Um, I know, but I think they're so spot on. They, they are. They, in terms of being like the douchey, um, college douchebag filmmakers, <laughs> they are better '90s characters than the characters in Scream, and that's <laughs> essential '90s movie. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I mean, but the characters in Scream are—they're not really. They're, they're polished characters. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Sure. Yeah. But these, like, it's hard to root for them to get out of the woods mm-hmm. when they're screaming their heads off about this f-ing map. <laughs> um, and it's like, and when, and uh, like when, uh, what's his name? Is it Michael? Mike? Um, yeah. When he's when he's laughing, like I kicked the, I kicked the map in the river. Like I understand. Yes, yes. It's the gravity of the situation is that, and it makes sense for him to do that. But it's just like. I don't know. Something about it just doesn't really sit right with me as on the character level. Um, I love the lore of it. Um, and I love the, like, there's, there's theories that I don't even know if this is really a theory or not, but, um, 
that they're, they're them being trapped in the woods is like they've they've time traveled to where they, something weird is going on with time. So where the, when they walk for for a full day, that's why they come back to the part where they started at, mm. um, and all that. But anyway, the last shot of this movie, um, just the thought of it sends a chill down my spine. Just the image of it is so haunting and freaks me out. Um, and I love it. I, I love that part of it. Uh, the characters are just kind of annoying. Yeah, the movie isn't, in my opinion, it's not really, it's not conducive to multiple viewings so that's probably why you fall less and less in love with it every time you watch it um or fall out of love with it more and more um i haven't seen it in so many years i am failing to remember a lot of it so i I may need to make it part of my shocktober this year it's on netflix instant now is it nice i liked it when i was a kid and when it came out i was like wow that was scary as hell nice so yeah (laughs) i just imagine he's saying like yeah that was scary as hell sorry for saying hell mom (laughs) <laughs> um, so dumb. Don't laugh at that. Um, whose turn is it? It is mine. Go nuts, Tiny. Yes. Uh, next up on my list is a movie that has uh, found its way into my top 20 favorite of all time. Oh, wow. And I had never wow. seen it. Well, I had seen it as a kid when I was like eight. I'd seen a majority of it um, and had never seen it again until like three years ago. Uh, this is 1980s. <laughs> I think it's 1980, The Thing. Yeah, The Thing by John Carpenter. It's the, there are three versions of The Thing. There's one from like the 50s, then there's John Carpenter. The Thing from Another World. There you go. Uh, Then there's John Carpenter's, and then there was the terrible remake from like 2000. Here's another Halloween reference. The Thing is playing in the background. Yep. Oh, that's right. It is. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah. Um, This movie is just so freaking awesome. Um, I, I watched it basically for the first time like three years ago and i think i've seen it six times so that should indicate it for you yeah i bought it on dvd and then like last year i bought it on blu-ray so i have it on both um and and i think what makes it so great it's not just one thing but but for me it's it's just the development of the characters and and how they're so um just suspicious of one another you have this this suspicion or like this conspiracy that plays throughout the movie. And it's so it's intricate. It's so intricate that you wouldn't expect it to be in a horror movie like this, this kind of basically just like a monster movie, essentially. Um, you just wouldn't expect to see it in there. Um, and it's just so brilliantly woven together that by the end, you just don't even know what's going on. Um, and even the filmmaker, the screenwriter and the actors admit they don't know what's going on by the end of the movie. I think that's, that is a unique skill to it's not something that happens a lot in movies. Um, and that's, I think that's why people love it too. Um, and then of course you have just absolutely phenomenal, um, uh, well, I want to say CGI because we're so used to now, but like special effects, special effects, yeah, practical effects, special effects, um, that hold up ridiculously well considering the movies over 30 years old now. Um, I remember seeing it as a kid and I was like, so this guy's head fell off and then it sprouted legs and started walking, man. And then they set it on fire. You know, (laughs) I mean, what 10 year old kid is in a pyro. And so I was like, they're carrying flamethrowers around. Um, I was born in January. And so I love winter weather. I love snow. I love it when it's freezing cold. 
and the movie's set in Antarctica. So it's just so many things about it, about it for me to personally love. Um, I can't believe I didn't find it earlier than my mid twenties. Um, it's a phenomenal movie. I, I love it. I, this is the kind of movie that I, I wish Russell Crowe would do. Mm-hmm. Or not or Russell Crowe. Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. <laughs> uh, I wish Kurt Russell would do only movies like this. He's just awesome. I wish um, Russell Crowe would do movies like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. So We're kind of doing, in a weird way, we're kind of listing like quintessential uh subgenres. Yeah, we are. Like, yeah. where do you start? Where do you start if you want to see the the best that creature features have to offer. And I think the thing is it. Mm-hmm. 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 If you ask me. And then, you know, that might upset a lot of people who, who love King Kong <laughs> or who love, you know, right. Right. The old, the, the old universal monsters. Yeah. Any of those really. But the thing just for me stands above. And I guess, I guess it's cause I love John Carpenter the way I do, but yeah, the thing is brilliant. Yeah. He's become, one of my favorite filmmakers. I didn't even. It's, he was just so off my radar for most of my movie buff fandom. You know, I don't know why he should have been towards the top because he's just. It's awesome. Yeah. Don't watch that movie with Amber Heard in the asylum. I already did. Uh, <laughs> so bad. His. Uh, What's that called? Um. Uh, is it called the asylum? No. Uh, maybe. I don't remember what that one was. I don't called. remember. The Ward. The Ward. The Ward, man. Ugh. And it was hailed as like his return to horror, and it was just. The actresses were really hot. Yeah, yeah. That's about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not yeah. enough. Yeah, it's the only upside of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, so, so yeah. The Thing is just a remarkable movie. Nice. I haven't seen it uh, since the first or second time. I think I'm actually going to ask to buy, borrow. Either your DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah. Was, uh, did you guys see the the remake, Will? I did not. Um, I'm excited to. I'm going to see it this time too. And I, I kind of I don't want to commit to it, but I kind of want to see if I can watch all three versions and do an adaptations and remakes. But Shocktober hmm. on the blog is going to be a big one. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the remake and I just it was so bad. I just didn't really. I don't remember. Oh, really? It. I didn't think it was so bad. The thing. Yeah. The t- yeah. I, I kind of liked it a little. Mary Elizabeth Winston. It just completely dropped the aesthetic of the monster. Like the monster just sucked. Yeah. Compared. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I just, I really hated it. And the characters were just like nothing. Just didn't care at all. Yeah. 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 That sucks. Yep. That sucks. So should I go next? Please. Do it. Okay. So this is the other movie that on my list that I saw in the theater. It's the one that Mike was referring to about um, found footage movies and stuff. Paranormal activity. And Mike, I can't remember exactly what you said, um, like 10 minutes ago, but. Just about what? About how you think Blair Witch is better than paranormal activity. Oh, yeah. I do. Yeah, I disagree. Um, <laughs> paranormal activity is so. I love it more <clears throat> as a piece of just escalating tension. And I've said this probably on last year's, one of the last year's. Um, Sharktober episodes, but as a piece of escalating tension, it's so great in in its depiction of how everything just eases into <clears throat> or slowly rises and slowly builds toward the big climactic la- final night on the on on film. Um, and it's so terrifying to me, even still, the way that it all unfolds, and it's 
what I also love most about love love even more about than that, stumbling over all my words, <laughs> um, is that as the tension is rising, it's you can see the destruction of their relationship um, unfold, and it gets as they get more tense in their relationship, the tension escalates, and and it's and it reaches a point where it's just it's it gripped me throughout the entire runtime. And that's something that I never really got from Blair Witch. Uh, when watching it in years past, um, I just thought with Blair Witch is like, yeah, this is really cool that they're, it's really creepy. They're in the woods and stuff. But I mean, like I said, I couldn't really connect to the characters the way that I could connect with, uh, Katie and Micah, Mika, Mika. Mika that's right. Cause it's, it's weird to how they, Mika is usually the girl. I, Female version of the name, right? No, yeah. it's Mike. No? Is it? No. It's a Slavic Mike. I mean, Mika or Mika? Don't th- I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know either. I, I mean, think I've known girl Micah's. Hmm. Have you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, it's uh, yeah, I, I love it, and I haven't, <laughs> I've fallen out of love with the franchise as a whole because, <laughs> my God, but because they're terrible. They are. They're it's, so terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, the second one was okay. The third one was just off the rails terrible. Um, more so, and this is a common thing with... Um, <laughs> if the third one was off the rails terrible, the fourth one was worse than that. I didn't even see the fourth one. Well, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Oh, crap, I yeah, forgot there's did. five of them. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I sent you yeah. that big rant. Oh, yeah, and we talked about it last year on the podcast, but, man, yeah, the fourth one was off the rails Third one was unforgivable in its in its retconning, which that's something else that ah, I don't know if we want to make a full episode out of it or we anything. Don't. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's common in in the horror genre for franchises not to have good continuity, and I don't know if we'd want to make a full episode out of fixing the continuity of, of franchises. Um, I know. Sounds like yeah. a lot of work. It we haven't the time. Would be fun. Yeah, if we maybe next year for for next year's Sharktober episodes. But this is a this is a franchise that it's it it's just not good with its progression of of the mythology and it's they do it's we have this really great to me first movie and like with the fourth movie they just screwed it over like they had the prime opportunity to make it about a relationship in the dumps or, 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 or a relationship piece in, in regards to that with the, with the kids parents, because there's hints that they're having marital problems. And then it's all about the kid and her goofy friend that wants to bang her. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's, it could have been so much better if it was focused on the parents and how their lack of communication. And, and while they're having these marital issues is what's call, causing the demon to be able to infiltrate their, lives more um so yeah and and plus product placement god um yeah so yeah they just announced uh they just announced uh uh, paranormal activity 5 for march um it's gonna be called yeah oh yeah so Um, dumb it is and and the marked ones came out like january Uh, it's so dumb it is um but i'm kind of not excited but i'm kind of I get the feeling judging solely from the title of the of the new one that they could potentially just go into just complete 
complete ridiculous Jason X style stuff um, where it's just completely off the rails and, and uh, or whatever because it's uh, it's called Paranormal Activity: The Ghost Dimension. <laughs> um, so yeah, wow. So March, everyone, look forward to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first one still holds true. I, I love it so much, um, for the reasons I stated. And, uh, I do feel really gypped also because, um, Oren Pelly, he said in, in all the interviews and stuff that like, oh yeah, the DVD is going to have plenty of special features explaining how we did all these effects and everything. Cause it's a very low budget movie mm-hmm. and all that and nothing, there's nothing on the DVD. Mm. Um, which bugged me, but other than that, you know, it's a great movie. I like it too. Yeah. Do you love it that much, Tiny, as much as he does? No, but I like it a lot. I think it's really scary. I guess I need to see it again with fresh eyes. I, I like appreciated it the first time I saw it. I think I've told the story before that my roommate didn't sleep that night and he came in and asked (laughs) me the next day if I got any sleep and I was like, yeah, why? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and then just any time I've seen it since that first time, it's just, it does not do well on repeat viewings. And, and, um, maybe, maybe because I've only seen the Blair Witch twice, it hasn't been soiled enough in my mind. Right. But I, I, I can't even watch Paranormal Activity anymore. Wow. Hmm. It's not my kind of scary. Right. Exactly. And we've talked about that last year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Teach their own. Right. Yep. Yeah. So um, who's so, up? Is it me? Yes. Okay. I thought it was Mike or is it you? No, I do lost you doing that. I oh, don't wait. know. Wait, you just went. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it is you cuz it was Blair Witch. Yeah, I did the thing. The thing. And then, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, my last one then is I guess my newest quintessential one. I saw this movie in the theaters. Um I, I guess even more of a preface. I, I see a movie every Thursday night. I've said this 100 times on the podcast before. Um this I think is still my favorite movie experience. Uh, in the last four years or so. Nice. It's Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yes. Awesome. I could not have been more thrilled with this movie. And I think a lot of people like this movie. Um, and the people that don't, I guess, are thrown by the ending, which really bums me out because yeah. I, I think the ending is hilarious. <laughs> um, I remember going into the movie knowing that something, whatever you think is the case, is not really the case. And so that kind of, I, I was waiting for something even bigger than what actually happened, but it was still, it was still pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And just, I, I just laughed out loud and I was just like giggling giddily, uh, after the movie was over. It was just so great. It's just such a great movie. Um, I, I might have talked about this before, but I don't know. You mentioned Scream. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my favorite movies in the horror genre kind of satirize the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of movies kind of attempt to do that. None of us, funny enough, are, are going to talk about um, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, oh, which yeah. I, I think is a great one. Mm-hmm. But uh, Cabin in the Woods, I think, is is one of the best, or at least it's the most, well, it's the second most recent. Your Next kind of did it last year, but Cabin in the Woods is brilliant. Yeah, I, I love it. Yep. Yep. Uh, Tiny, what's next on yours? Next on mine, fire. <laughs> yes, uh, this will be brief, but uh, next on mine is uh, The Sixth Sense from nice. Night Shyamalan. Um, a, a pretty popular movie. <laughs> uh, won a couple Oscars, um, deservedly so in my opinion. Um, just a 
brilliant. And, and, you know, I hate to say it given where we are now, but I think the script is just brilliant. Uh, it's, it's just paced perfectly. And there's all these little, um, little notes and little, little tiny, tiny lines that throw in tiny details throughout the movie. And once you look at it all from the big picture, you're like, wow, this is just, it's amazing how well it's tied together. Um, I think it's just a highly effective movie. I thought it was really scary. Um, one of the best child performances ever, in my opinion. Um, Tony Collette's always great. Uh, Bruce Willis is always great. So I just thought it was scary and it was, uh, kind of heartwarming at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's, it was highly, highly dramatic and popular movie, like a, like a popular drama kind of movie, but it also happened to be really scary, which is, uh, kind of, kind of unique. You don't get that very often. So I think it's a great movie. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. It was nominated for six Oscars. Six? Wow. Yeah, it didn't win any of them. Oh, really? I thought it won a couple. Nope. Um, but it was nominated for Best Picture. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I yeah, I, I, that, I just kind of... Uh, sl- it's a far cry from the happening, huh? Yeah. <laughs> ah. uh, yeah, but I, I love it. The... the um, the scene with the the ghost under the bed puking, yeah, um, played by a young Misha Barton. Um, young Misha Barton, um, I've never been a fan of, but anyway, yeah. that that was just cool. Um, the movie as a whole is really good. Although, how did yep. he get on the bus without? Um, oh, there's a lot of problems. There's I mean, a lot I of problems. Say, yeah. how did he get in the house? And why is he waiting for? Haley Joel Osment's character. How did he get in the house? Right, right. But then, but there's, you know, I think they covered some of that stuff up yeah. kind of cheap, cheaply, but they do it by saying you, sure. they only see what they want to see and those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's really good. Good pick. Yeah. Um, that'll leave me with me, me, me. <laughs> wait, so you get an extra one? You get a bonus one? Oh, wait, yeah. Crap. Eh, just say it. I don't care. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Uh, briefly, and this could be more of a teaser if if we end up doing this, Mike. Uh, the Shining. Yeah, I love it. Um, we'll talk more about it in a later episode, I'm sure. But yes. I am excited because, and I'll use this as a springboard to promote this, even though we have nothing to do with it. But um, uh, uh, Keystone Art here in Indianapolis is doing the Midnight Madness screenings, and that's going to be one of them. So I'm absolutely just ecstatic to be able to see this on the big screen mm-hmm. um this masterpiece of filmmaking <laughs> and uh this just awesome awesome movie um so yeah yeah i'm excited for that cool yeah, very nice yeah cool so do we want to break down our plans for shocktober real quick uh yeah real quick um mike yeah <laughs> funny you start with me this is going to be the least impressive there are, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five uh, Thursdays in October. So I'll see five movies in theater. theaters. One of them, I think, is going to be a horror movie. There's not a whole lot of good new horror movies coming out in October, which is kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. My wife and I are going to show our horror movie marathon our, for the second time, the sequel. I think we've got eight awesome. movies planned, so I'll watch all of those, uh, and I'll be lucky to get one more, given how much yeah. time I have. Wow. It's right. a shame. I, I plan on watching as many of the Halloween movies as I can, but that, uh, to be honest, might bleed over into uh, November 
and that's fine with me. I I could. I remember I saw Halloween H two O for the first time on my birthday, which was in this November thirteenth. <laughs> so that doesn't bother me too much. Um, but other than that, I'd like to watch Poltergeist. Um, and that's really that's really it. Okay. Nice uh, rom com number. Yeah. Yeah, tiny. What are you playing? Wow. <laughs> um, I am planning on uh, going through the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Nice. All of them. I meant to do it last year. I watched the first one, uh, like mid October. I watched the first one and just remembered how much I hate that movie mm-hmm. and just turned me off from watching the rest of them. Um, will you start with the sequel? Then? I will start. I will start with the sequel. Oh wow! Yeah, because I, I it's kind of a goal to never watch that movie again. <laughs> yeah. Probably like the third time I've ever seen it, and I'm just like, why do I keep watching it? It sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be. The be sec- that. And the second one again doesn't get much better, but hold out for three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely uh, power through them. <laughs> um, and then th- there's several franchises I need to make my way through. I've only. Not this year, but maybe next year. I the only Romero zombie movies I've seen are Night and Dawn. That's it. Oh wow! Um, some other stuff. Um, I have seen zero. Wow! None of them. Zero of them. Wow! You you're gonna be in town for Shocktober in Irvington, right, Mike? Uh, for our Shocktober. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you'll also be seeing Night of the Living Dead. That'll be the first one. Yeah. 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 Good, good. And then I need to see uh, the Elm Street movies, of which mm-hmm. I saw the first one for the first time um, this year for our Gat Movies episode. Oh, yeah. Um, so that'll be some point in the future. But this year I'm going to focus on uh, Friday the 13th. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as for me, um, I've been getting into the habit because I've been meaning to write more for the for the blog, um, for, for obsessiveviewer.com. Um, so... I've gotten in the habit of I th- I think I actually got this idea from Pat from Nerds You're Looking For. Um and I I've basically been scheduling um posts for, for when I for when I would post blogs on the site. Um so basically on my Google calendars app I just put a date on and I put the title of the blog post on the date and all that. And it's just once the date passes, I'll have it written and posted on the site. You know, pretty simple. Um, so I started doing that and then kind of got away from me because like now October has, if I'm not including Wednesdays, cause Wednesdays I leave blank because that's when I hopefully get the podcast episodes up, but excluding Wednesdays, there are four blank spots in October. <laughs> The rest are all filled with blog posts. Um, nice. Yeah, wow. so I'm hoping to get through a franchise review of Nightmare on Elm Street, which I'm both excited and nervous about because I haven't seen Dream Warriors in a very long time, and I'm very excited for that. Um, I am dreading watching Freddy's Revenge because that movie is just horrible. Again, um, one of the worst movies I have ever seen. Same here. <laughs> And I'm going to love writing a review of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it really, you know, honestly, that's really the only um, Sharktober posts I have planned. I have those, and then I'm, I'm, I'm not confident I'll be able to do this, but um, the Halloween Complete Collection Blu-ray, I, w- I would love to review it, but I don't know if I have enough time to go through all of the content. Mm-hmm. Um, and also today I put... I put uh, a perspective um adaptations and remakes post for the thing 
so we'll see how that goes. But in terms of watching stuff, I'm just, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street will be the priority. Um, aside from that, the standard trick or treat, um, as much of the Halloween movies as I can in the, in the box set. Um, and really, you know, just, just the ones that I've, I've talked about. Um, yeah. And it, it's, it's going to be kind of a good relaxing Shocktober for me in terms of watching movies, but there are the Midnight Madness movies at, at Keystone Art that I want to see. Like there's The Shining, um, Alien, that's going to be a must see. Um, there's one more that I really wanted to see, but I can't remember. No, actually, those are the only two that I'm really committed to seeing. But anyway, that those are my plans. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Also, The Flash is premiering in October, and I mentioned in an earlier episode that I might do episode reviews, but I don't think I'll be able to do that. Uh, so, yeah. Um, is that about it? Is that Does that do it? Yeah. That'll do it. Sweet. Put an orange and black bow on it. Oh, because of Shocktober. Yeah. yeah. Or an orange and navy one for the bears. <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. Or an orange and black one for orange is the new black. <sighs> oh, gosh. All right, moving on. Eh, yeah. Moving on. Um, <coughs> sorry. Yeah, moving on. As always, thank you for listening to the Obsessive Viewer Podcast, and thank you to Loud Like for providing our awesome opening theme music. Their first EP is called Mistakes We Must Make and features our theme song and a clips of events. Uh, you can check that out on iTunes and rate and review them and tell them that you heard them from, heard from them, wow, heard of them from us. <laughs> Crap. Um, also, while you're on iTunes, rate and review us. We love hearing uh, what you think, and it really goes a long way. Um, and also, please like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and follow each of uh, each of us on twitter i'm matt at obsessive viewer tiny is at obsessive tiny and mike is at i am mike white and while you're on facebook find the event page for shocktober and irvington and uh go check it out and please come to shocktober and irvington which as we talked about at the beginning of the episode it's an event that we're hosting in irvington um, here in Indianapolis where we're going to be having a costume contest, raffle, um, podcasting, short films, and uh, screening of Night of the Living Dead. It's going to be a blast, and all the proceeds are going to benefit um, Irvington, which is a really awesome community in Indianapolis. Uh, you can also check out the blog at obsessiveviewer.com where, as we as I mentioned in this episode, I'm going to be doing a franchise review of Nightmare on Elm Street. And if you're a Boardwalk Empire fan, I'm also doing episode reviews of each episode of its final season. Also, check out our sister site, Obsessive Book Nerd, for book reviews and commentary on the evolving world of reading. And check out Tiny Side Project, The Secular Perspective, at thesecularperspective.com. It's a podcast devoted to the thoughtful debate and discussion of religion and secularism and how they intersect and intertwine in the world today. Uh, you can check that out on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, all that stuff, and also follow uh, that on Twitter. Just follow Obsessive Tiny. Yeah. Um, yeah, and finally, if you have any thoughts on the podcast or suggestions for future topics or anything, if you want to share your essential Shocktober viewings with us, you can email us at matt at obsessiveviewer.com, tiny at obsessiveviewer.com, mike at obsessiveviewer.com, or podcast at obsessiveviewer.com. Uh, yeah, I think that about does it. Awesome. Sweet. Awesome. All right, well, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. Thank you. All right, I'm getting off here, dudes. All righty, have fun getting off. Are, are you guys going to do the, the Shining debate?
I really want to. I think so. When yes. do you want to schedule that? Um, just I was going to say, maybe something we could do for it. You guys could each think up questions mm-hmm. for each other or for whatever, and then I can read them in, as the moderator. I don't know Ooh. if that's maybe just just trying to think of something to do. Yeah, I had I like I need to check out what I had written out because I really like the idea of of of, of a formal debate. Yeah. Like having us each present points. Yeah. And then and like, I need to watch it one more time. So yeah. when do you want to do this? Well, Keystone Arts doing their screening of it like October 4th or it might actually be the, be the weekend of Sharktober in Irvington. Um, Mid-October, let's say. And I'll throw it up. It'll be like one of the last posts we have for October. Probably. We can plan it out in the pod chat. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. can do that. So you can go. Yeah. All right. I know Thanks, you get out of here. <laughs> All right. All right. See you guys. Bye. Lates. Lates a la